the car made so much torque that it actually broke the car on the final round and pulled the A pillar out. And when I was going down the, the track at 140 miles an hour, the top started peeling off the car. Whoa! <laughs> I could see four inches of air over wow. the windshield. Wow. Like a giant sail. But I ain't lifting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. like, he beat me anyway. Uh-oh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Bernie, was, Bernie was a good racer. And so um, we, went we went back to tech. And so when we got into tech, uh, I asked Bill DeSmute, uh, to come over, right. and Farmer. I put my yeah. shoulder Farmer. on yeah. the, I opened the door, the lightweight door, and I put my shoulder on the roof, and I said, Bill, come here a minute, look at the front windshield, and I picked up like this, and the whole roof went up, <laughs> and he went, oh my goodness, and I said, if you don't let us tie these cars together, somebody's going to get hurt, yeah. Right. yeah, he said, I'll yeah. fix that, so yeah. in 1976, Rossi Rule, all the cars tied together, okay, okay, nice. Hey, welcome to Car Guy Confessions, brought to you by ARP. I'm Jeff Smith. This is my car buddy, Cam Bancy, and car builder, Steve Strope, and we're going to tell you some stories. Welcome to another episode of Car Guy Confessions with Jeff Smith, brought to you by ARP-Bolts.com, just to make sure I get this right. That's right, absolutely. So we have a fun show today. So we got Cam Bancy over here, my good friend Cam Bancy. We all know who he is. And we have Paul Rossi here, who we go way, way, way back. So back when I was a fledgling writer at Carcraft Magazine, Joe's going to have a, a decided Mopar flair, right? But yeah. that was some with, interjection could be. With, things, with some you know? Ford stuff, which, yeah. is, which is cool, which I is cool. So, yeah. so that, we should just dive right in because right. a lot of people are probably going, who's Paul Rossi? So, you know. Where did you get your start, Paul? We know, yeah. we know about you, yes. but... First drag racing experience. What were you driving? What were you doing? Um, I'm from the Detroit area. I was born in Dearborn, Michigan. And um, home of Ford. That's where Ford Home of Ford. Home yeah, of yeah. Ford. I, I was born in Highland Park. Right, absolutely. Which is where Chrysler's from. Wow. Yes. And, um, <laughs> I'm an outsider. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I was born in Dearborn, and I was raised just outside of that, Dearborn Heights, Taylor, Michigan. And... Um, our home drag strip was Detroit Dragway, yes. and it opened in 1959, and they had the big Grand Nationals there, 59 and 60, before they went to Indianapolis. They might have gone to Kansas and then Indy, yeah. but um, that was the NHRA, and so that was my home drag strip, and so uh, I um, was racing. We street raced. Woodward Avenue was our that was the play big day. Deal. I've yeah. heard of it. You've yeah. heard of it. There was totem pole at one end and uh, Ted's at the other. Nice. Okay. And so we drag raced and cruised, I guess you could call it, up and down and um, on the weekends, and that was our fun. Yeah. And and people don't understand. I didn't get it because I grew up in the Midwest, right? So and I would hear we would do blocks at a time, a race at a block. And yeah. I was like, how do you do that? Because I grew up in Boone, Iowa. The block was like this long, and Woodward Avenue between the lights. It was a mile, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was so real long. I didn't realize that until I drove to Michigan and drove to Detroit and went, now I get it. Yeah. 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 So, so and you could see these yeah. lines of cars with a big sun tack all chrome yeah. on top of the steering wheel. So there there'd be a line of eight or ten cars all going down there, the big sun tacks all lit up. <laughs> really cool stuff, you know. And so um, anyway, uh, we did that. And then it, um, I ended up buying a 60 Corvette. Fuely, and I took that to the drag strip, and I ran it in C Sports. Nice. Okay. And um, modified the intake manifold. I like working with the Rochester Continuous Flow fuel injection, and uh, I got pretty good at it. And so uh, I ran my C Sports, and meanwhile, 
the Ram Chargers are out there. Color Me Gone's out there yeah. with Brannister. Yeah. The Golden Commandos are out there. And all the muscle cars from Michigan are there. Muscle uh, cars weren't invented on Van Nuys Boulevard. They were invented no. on Woodward Avenue. Woodward right? Avenue, sure. And so that was the epicenter for that type of racing. And so I'm just doing my Corvette thing and having a good time. And uh, a gentleman comes up to me that owned a uh, golf course called Warren Valley Country Club. And the gentleman said, uh, Paul, and I said, yeah. He said, uh, I'd like to know if you'd help me with my uh, 426 Ram Charger. And I said, w w what do you need? And he said, I'd like to have it worked over because um, we're not doing well with it. On, on Woodward said, or in racing? Uh, no, in racing. Uh, okay. We're at Detroit Dragway. Sorry. Okay. We're at Detroit Dragway. Thank you. And so I said, well, I, I don't work on other people's cars. I'm just doing this. Right. You know, this is my hobby, and I enjoy it. He said, I said, besides, all these other Mopars are here, and they're really running strong. Okay. Um, I'm sure they can help you. Right. He said, well, Paul, they won't talk to me. <laughs> and I said, oh. I said, well, um, I'm talking to you, but I don't think I can do what you want. I don't have a facility. I don't work on people's cars. I do this for myself, and, right. and um, I've never done another person's car. And he said, well, he said, all these people here point, me to, point over to you, and they say, you know your onions. And I said, well, thanks. I said, but I, I just don't have a way of doing this. He said, well, I have a gas station, a Sunoco station, and the gentleman that's driving my car manages it. Okay. I said, well, that's not an atmosphere I'd want to be in because you got changing tires and doing all that. I'm trying to super tune a car. <laughs> that wouldn't work. Right. So uh, he said, we'll shut the thing down and give you the keys. You'll do that. In pl plus pay you. Oh, well, that works. That well, there you go. Now so I went back to my buddies. <laughs> Should we, can we do this? Oh, yeah, we can do right. it. Okay, good. So we go over, okay. we take it off, fast forward. Uh, we get it all done. We, we're there three full days. Degree the camshaft in, pull all the bearings. Yeah, put your hands in. <laughs> pull all the bearings and keep your hands in your pockets. Okay, good. Okay, thank you. I'm never yeah. going to get this right. <laughs> We so, like the emphasis. It's not yes. the, you know, that's the why head. they don't give lunch breaks to Italians in a, in a factory. They've got to retrain them. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, um, so I got it all done. We, we got it all done, me and my, my two high school buddies, who are still my friends, uh, believe that or not. And um, he went out and won the next four or five times in a row. Wow. wow. All right. I went, whoa. Yeah. Hey. Now we're talking. Yeah. yeah. I said, man, that was fun. I said, what if I get one and work on it all the time? Yeah. So then I, so I went ahead and uh, went down to Michigan Avenue, and there was a brand new Chrysler dealer, the first one in Dearborn. Wow. Westbourne Ooh. Chrysler Plymouth. <laughs> Man, he was on hollowed ground. Wow. Okay? And so I walk in, and I said, I'd like to buy a new 426 Ram Charger lightweight package. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to get, if you give me a good deal, I put your name on, on the car. And the guy said, well, you'll have to talk to the owner back there. And his name was Dick Spencer. So I walked in his office. Hi, Dick. Sit down. I said, I told him what I wanted to do. And I said, I'll put your name on the car. And I don't mean on the door. I mean from the front fender to the taillight. And that's what I did. It said Westmore all the way across it. And so he said, wow. He said, uh, guess what? He said, I used to be the sales manager at Bob Ford. And they're all giving me the raspberries uh -huh. because I just got this Chrysler this store in Ford World. Yeah, wow. yeah. So he said, I'd love to do this. He said, I said, really? He goes, <laughs> Rub their yeah. nose in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he said, uh, yeah, I'll give you the, I'll give you the, I'll give you it cost. Yeah. I said, perfect. He said, and I'll help you all I can. I said, Boy, that's all I could ask. So he ordered the car and uh, the car came in. It was like $3,100. The car came in. I had a wrecker pick it up. 
and take it home. I didn't start it. I didn't drive it. Wow. So I brought it all home, and we immediately pounced on the car and disassembled the entire car. It's a brand wow. new car. You took it apart. And wow. that's what my mother said. <laughs> um, you get a brand new a car? Yeah. Where, where, where is it? It's back there, Mom. Where is it? I, I don't see it. No, it's back there, Mom. So she's going, oh, my God. What did you do to the car? And I said, oh, oh, I'm, I'm just rearranging a few things, Mom, like the weight. <laughs> So we yeah. cut every bolt that went past a, a nut off, threw that in the garbage. We took every rod that was in there, took it on a lathe, put a tube in it, welded it up, painted right, it black, right. and we moved an, a, a huge amount of weight to the back of the car. Yeah. Right. And please don't bang on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get this maybe at the end of this deal. I'm yeah. sorry, guys. That's um, all right. So, um, uh, so you took it apart. Yeah, we took it all apart. Thank yeah. you. And... Um, when I pull the engine apart, apparently this is an engine that had been sitting around because I pulled the intake manifold off this Max Wedge, and uh, there was a Clark bar inside of it. I swear <laughs> to God. Really? And dirt, yeah, a lot of dust, dirt. It's really good I didn't start it. Is it oh early boy. sponsorship? Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, it was like that was, that was part of the deal. I won the, it's like, a, you know, I won a prize. I'd like, what do I get with this? So I pull the cylinder heads wow. off, and there's a tool mark in it. So I said, they're not going to think that I did that. So I called the dealer. He gave me a phone number. I went to Chrysler. And I went down to what was the first direct connection or performance parts, and it was a crib based mm. on just metal fencing yeah, yeah. and a little deal and a lock. And a gentleman went down there. I will remember his name, but I can't write it at the minute. And uh, he gave me uh, a new cylinder head all uh -huh. done with the valves in it and everything just off the assembly line. Nice. Wow. And nice. so I said, well, here's the old one. No, no, we don't want it. So that was the only spare parts I had. Yeah. And then he gave me a new camshaft, so I took that. So I went home, and uh, we put this thing all together. It took me about... About two and a half months. Well, during this time, there was a race coming up at Detroit Dragway called a dollar a foot. So they paid $1,320 to win this race, and it was right before Indy. Okay. Okay. What year That's is this? 1963. Wow. That's big money back then. That's yeah. big money. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. big money. Because my whole car cost 3100 Yeah. Right? So it was okay. like almost half. So, of, yeah. uh So we got the car all done. It was time to go. We got everything finished. I, I did the whole engine. Did valve work, everything. Picked it up, drove it to the track. I built the headers. They came over the fenders. I built them myself. They had caps on them. We had a little flex tubing to muffers that we could mm -hmm. just take off. And so the headers came out right over the top of the tires. I drove it to the track, and I pull up, and my buddies are in the back. We got nothing. Two tires, some valve cover gaskets, some sparks. <laughs> I mean, we had, you know, a little bit of tools. Yeah, yeah nothing. Yeah. Guy goes, hey, uh, what, are you, what are you doing here? And I said, well, we're going to race. He said, did you look around? He said, these people from all over the United States, there's a big meet going on here. Yeah. No, no, we, we yeah. want to go in. Yeah. He goes, with this? And I go, yeah. Nobody drives their car in here. <laughs> I said, well, I only live two and a half miles down the street, so I don't have anything Why else. Why trailer it? Yeah, right, right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. So he said, it's got a Clark Okay. <laughs> so, and we, and we go. We drive in, and um, uh, Friday, some time runs, Saturday, the eliminations, Sunday night, all these cars, two cars left. Thornton in the Ram Charger and Westbourne. Really? Wow. Okay. First time I've been out wow. with a car. No testing. And you're racing They've been the, renting the car. You're They're, racing the Ram Chargers. I'm racing the Ram Chargers. <laughs> wow. And they gave me my lunch. They beat me. Yeah. That's so, okay, but though. That's okay. I mean, those are factory engineers. Yes. They were all factory engineers. Well, they engineers. were also testing at the track all week. <laughs> And I'm, I don't know how many spot welds they had in the double audit deal. Right. I mean, I mean, surely their car was better than mine. Sure. And so 
Jim, I mean, um, Dave Landreth from that became that ran Hearst okay. after a while. He was in charge of this whole program, and he's shaking. He's nervous. He's sweating because all the guys are back there going, who's that guy? Yeah. Who's that kid? <laughs> and what the hell is in that engine? Yeah. So yeah. they figured, oh, there's got to be a mountain motor or whatever. Mm -hmm. and so he said, we're going to tear you down. Long before the term came about, yeah, by the way. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And so I might have thrown that in. You know, <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. It's okay. And so um, they probably said other things. So. They said, we're going to tear you down. I said, all right. And they said, no, we're going to pull the head and measure everything. And I said, that's fine. Sure. And so he said, well, uh, where's your truck? And I said, I don't have a truck. <laughs> I said, what are you doing? I said, well, I have to drive this to where we're going. Can we do it right here? No, we're going into a barn. Well, I'll drive it there. Yeah. Well, you can't drive it. I said, well, you have to get away from the car. Well, let me lock it up. So I put the key in it, locked the door, mm -hmm. and his eyes got really big going, the lock works? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we get, to the, we get to the area, and the Ram Chargers are tearing down. Now, they wouldn't have tore anybody down except because of this anomaly. Right, right, right. right. So we tore, we tore everything apart. I put my cylinder head up. I don't know what happened on the Ram Charger side. They were obviously fine. Mm -hmm. And so I went up there with my cylinder head, and they checked it. He said, you're a quarter of a cc out. I'll be right back. Got a new spark plug, came back, put this thing in, check now. Right on. That's what I want to hear. And he goes over and he measures it and he goes, this isn't even bored over. No, no, I don't believe in that. You don't believe in it? You can go 60 over. I said, yeah, but there's no auto parts in the country that's going to punch a hole in that and make it as straight as it is from the factory. Yeah. Right. So no one's touching it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I prepped that bore. So uh, Dan Mancini comes and Ram Chargers came over and he said, uh, Paul, he said, yeah. He said, uh, how do you set your valves? And I said, well, I've got a P&G valve gapper, mm -hmm. and I, I use that, and I set, the, I set the exhaust when the intake just opens. And so he goes, wow. He said, you're going to be all right. I want you to call this number on Monday. So I called. I got a guy named Dale Reeker, and Dale Reeker was um, kind of one of the reps that mm -hmm. helped out. And then that's how it all started. And that and was your connection to the direct connection to the Ram correct. Chargers and Chrysler. That's correct. And when wow. I went back to my dealer on Monday morning, he was beside himself. Oh, boy, yeah, sure. He goes, oh, my God. He yeah, said. The word was already out by that time, yeah, right? Bob, I mean, Bob Ford wasn't even in the semifinals. <laughs> and here we are in the final, right? So he's really happy. He said. Who is this kid? Yeah, yeah. He said, look, he said, I want that car around here. He said, so. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to up the deal. He said, I'm going to give you keys to the dealership for the weekend so you can come back here. We don't have service. We'd like to have the car around here so people can see it and like Bob Ford did and make some, sure. you know, make yeah. something out of it. Which later became all, I mean, that's what that was Ford rage, did yeah. with the total performance thing and, exactly. and direct connection. Yeah. And all exactly. Came. So the, he was kind of leading edge a lot he was, of stuff. He, he, was, knew, yeah. he knew the yeah. value of marketing. Yeah, Dick right. Spencer was a brilliant man. And yeah. here, here he was right in the middle of Ford world mm -hmm. and trying to make a living, right? right? Right. And so here I go out and knock it out of the park, you know, <laughs> and, and I didn't realize until, I don't know, 30, 40 years later, when you see all the Ram Chargers coming for a reunion and there's like 30 of them and there's just like you, yeah. your high school buddies, a couple of guys you go in and wow. you're in the final. Wow. wow that was pretty good. That's yeah. Awesome. That wasn't yeah. so bad. That's awesome. And these guys were all accredited engineers too. Yes. No I mean, question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, you do, you had to be an engineer to yeah, be a part Italian, of the Ram Chargers. So I had, <laughs> some, I had something on them. <laughs> well, of course. Had that's, that going that's for you. Joke. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So one of the things I like to do is always assemble an engine with ARP bolts, and it's not just because they're sponsors, but because it really does work. Um, and and the stuff is fantastic. I never have to worry about it. Steve, you build building cars too. Yeah, right? uh, actually, it's part of my baseline design plan when I'm building a car that's going to be shown or featured in a magazine. It's part of the plan right. to have that little bit of diamonds all over the engine bay or in the suspension. Yeah. Yeah, the stuff is beautiful. I remember uh, a long time ago, I built the first time I ever touched it, 69Z28. All of the uh, water jacket holes had stripped out, and I learned about ARP studs. So check them out at ARP-Bolts.com or check out their catalog. You'll find everything you're looking for. Uh, We'd like to thank one of our uh, main sponsors that's been with us for a long time, Alden American Shocks. They make a coilover shock that is very impressive. Uh, You've had, you have them on your Chevelle. Yeah, I got a set on my Chevelle that we did a, we did a little Jespis garage video. And very cool looking. I mean, with the the chrome exterior, excellent looking. And you can get them different finishes as well. And single and double adjustables. The adjustability, that's Mm -hmm. what I was just going to say, is the key ingredient here because you've got something that can be tuned to improve the suspension and ride for that. And ride quality. And ride height. So, so uh, very simple. Yeah, you can also adjust the right height. Yeah, yeah exactly. All very good. Coilover. But yeah. anyway, so go take a look at uh, AldenAmerican.com. And if you use the code uh, CARGUY10, you'll get 10% off. Yeah, that's even better. Even better. Yeah. See, it pays to watch the show. But from there, I mean, if we, if we look at the stuff that you've done over the years, I mean, obviously people know your Superstar car, which we'll show a picture of that, but... This this was just the awesome car of so all time. So tell us a little bit about that car. So so yeah. that but car. You, but you I took at, that deal at gunpoint. <laughs> you told me about this. <laughs> Review that. I'd love to hear that story. Yeah. Well, the the uh, the year before that, I was running a um, lightweight Hemi Cuda, and what is it? Ro twenty nine. They called it. And um, at the seventy five World Finals, I was in the final. This was with a Bernie 70? Agaman. Seventy. Five. What year was the Cuda? The Cuda 68. 68 Cuda. Yeah, the 68. Yeah, yeah. I bought it from a gentleman by the name of Jim Wick. and uh, This was one of the factory built race cars? Yeah, correct. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. But it was go. a stick. I changed it automatically. How, how many of those? Do you, do you remember how many they 50 built? Or 50 or something like that? 50, 50. 50 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I can yeah. remember as a kid. But there's now 300. 68. Yeah. I was 14 years old. Yeah. And it was like, oh my right. God, how cool is this? Yeah. Well, right? well, factory well, by you know, yeah. a Cuda. One of the guys who works for Steve, Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, has built replicas of both the Cuda and the Dart. Dart, yeah, and they yeah. are yeah. spot on. I mean, yeah. to the thickness of the glass. Wow. The, I mean, he's really because they use they use a different, a thinner it's glass. All, yeah. It's all very, very well. All these cars that you'll find now are generally um, tubbed. Mm-hmm. And, Correct. And and people have asked, well, gee, uh, should I? Is a car that's raced worth less? I said, depends on its pedigree. Sure. I said, I, and I would depends think it's on worth who more. raced it. And I said, if it's got a stage one. Um, back modification, which I call stage one, which would be tubs and so. Mm-hmm. And we and by the way, that car had nothing but super stock springs and a stubber. 002, 003 right. super stock springs and a stubber. Your wow. your your Hemi, your Cuda. My Hemi. That yeah. car at the seventy five World Finals went nine seventies wow. at one hundred and thirty nine. Wow, <laughs> that's impressive. And yeah. uh, but the reason, one of the reasons it did, is because I had something that no one ever saw before or thought about before to my knowledge and it was an active intake manifold i had a butterfly really? inside of the intake manifold which was worked with a vacuum solenoid that i kept that i closed off for the for the bottom end 
And, and then opened up at a higher RPM. And it opened up and yeah. opened a big, wide, because we used to fill in the interconnect. Mm -hmm. And wow. the bigger we made the interconnect, the more power it made because sure, it, it, because it tricked it. the engine into thinking it had bigger carburetors mm -hmm. when the plenum right. was bigger. Right. And so, but every time I did that, I lost bottom and torque. So then I said, wait a second, why don't I just put and close it back down again and see if that'll work? This was in 1975. This is 1975, the first ev active intake manacle ever invented. Wow, that's pretty cool. That is Honda uses it. That. Honda uses it. Uh huh. Oh, sure. Um, Mitsubishi uses it. Sure, yeah. uh, Porsche uses it. Well, Chrysler uses it. Mercedes L uses it. The LT6 that's in that high RPM LT6 engine in the new Corvette, the one that goes to 8,200, 8,600 RPM, yeah, has, an, has yeah. an active intake manifold. Yeah. yeah. Electronically controlled, but. Yeah. Well invented wow. by one of the Detroit Chrysler guys. <laughs> How about that? Are you getting Very royalties cool. off of that today? <laughs> no, and, no. I, and I, I will share something with you. Um, Tom Hoover yeah. came out of the stands with Bob Tarosi and said, what in the hell is this? And I said, well, it's, and I explained it to him. Uh -huh. He said, um, I don't know anything about this. I need to know, and I want you to. Here's Bob Tarosi, and we, now we're lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to put that on the dyno and find out what was going on. Mm -hmm. So I'll get to that in a minute. So in, in the meantime, um, the car made so much torque that it actually broke the car on the final round and pulled the A-pillar out. And when I was going down out the track the, at 140 miles an hour, the top started peeling off the car. Whoa! <laughs> I could see four inches of air. Over wow. the windshield. Wow. Like a giant sail. But I ain't lifting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He like, beat me anyway. Uh-oh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Bernie, was, Bernie was a good racer. And so um, we, went we went back to tech. And so when we got into tech, uh, I asked Bill DeSmute uh, to come over. Right. And Farmer. I put my yeah. shoulder Farmer. on yeah. the – I opened the door, the lightweight door, and I put my shoulder on the roof. And I said, Bill, come here a minute. Look at the front windshield. And I picked up like this, and the whole roof went up. <laughs> and he went, oh, my goodness. And I said, if you don't let us tie these cars together, somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. Right. yeah. He said, I'll yeah. fix that. So yeah. in 1976, Rossi rule, all the cars tied together. Okay. Okay. Nice. So um, now I'm, um, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm at the top of my game. I've got the fastest A-automatic Hemi ever uh, teched at 1,100 feet. Completely tore down, teched, everything okay, mm. and certified. I'm not saying somebody didn't go faster somewhere, sometime, yeah. Yeah. but this was an HRA legal. Legal. Yeah. legal. Everything was legal deal. So I'm really on top of the world. And I go in, and they said, um, Kofel asked me, who was my Chrysler racing boss. Dave, Dave Kofel. Dave Kofel, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Dave Kofel was my racing boss. And um, he said, come on in. He said, I, I, I want to talk to you about a new program. And I said, okay. So I'm all excited, and I go in there. He said, well... We don't have any more money for your Hemi. And I said, what? We don't have any more money for your Hemi, so we'd like you to run a 440 six-pack. I said, you're telling me a 440 engine? That's a station wagon engine. <laughs> I've never That's even truck built engine. anything like that. Yeah, they got it in motorhomes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And oh, I yeah. said, um, no, I don't think so. He said, Paul, that, that's the only thing we have. And I said, no. No, no. <laughs> I said, you've got a guy out there racing the thing uh, all year. Um, is The Mancini, Mancini team mm -hmm, is out sure. there. Yeah. And they were having a lot of trouble with it. Really? A lot of trouble. Yeah, they, they couldn't get out of the 11 teens or something. And so um, I said, and they know what they're doing. I said, I'm not going to start in a basement. I'm going to start in a sewer. Sure. I said, I'm on top of my game yeah. here with this With, with this the Hemi. Hemi. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'd like to continue my development work. 
we can't help you. So the deal got dragged around and they kept adding more stuff to it. Finally, we'll build you the car. I mean, we'll send you a car. We'll build it, pay for the build. We'll do all that. Butler will do it. And um, it got to be so late in the game that um, he said, look, we want you to do the clinics with Butch. So I'm going to put your Butch money Leal. through Butch. Butch Leal. Leal. Yeah. California Flash. Yeah, right. good man. And so uh, we did the clinics together. I built the Let's car. all around the country uh -huh. doing all the these clinics. performance yeah, that was clinics a lot of fun. with direct connection. With direct connection. Yeah. yeah. So that was the last program they actually had. He said, and as soon as that's over, then we'll put you, you'll go in a straight deal yourself. Okay. And so, um, and I did, and that's what you see there. So I, was that more or less a full-time job then at that point between the clinics and racing? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, because you went out yeah. there, and, and between the clinics, you were testing. Yeah, because you were sure. trying to, you know, you sure. were trying to get the most out of this package. So you were essentially a professional drag racer working with Chrysler, even though you're running in a sportsman ranks. Correct. Which, which a lot of people don't understand. They think sportsman racers are all, you know, it's like, oh, that, it sounds that, that pretty much like a professional so thing. Back then. Oh, I yeah. mean, that was oh, really yeah. because Superstock was the class in yeah, that in that time. Stock and Superstock. Pro Stock got. So morphed around. Well, that was that everybody. Yeah, yeah, everybody got a little nervous. Right. This was really their products. Sure. Because you know? and back then, no porting. These mm -hmm. are stock cylinder heads right. going nine seventy. Nine seventies. Bias ply tires going nine seventies. <laughs> That's a little scary. <laughs> and I don't have any idea what the bolts were doing in yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably doing the bossa nova. <laughs> there were no ARP bolts back then. That's well, right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. But we'll have them in the new one. That's right. Right. That's right. Yeah. Attaboy, boys. Okay. So, so the 440 car, they essentially put a gun to your head and said, this is what you're going to race. Yeah. And then by the time, you know, it was, I couldn't get my own deal because that, it took too long because those programs got to go in early. So I ended up getting funded through Butch, and we did that program for the summer. And I didn't get my car done until about, I want to say, San Air. That was the beginning of summer or something like that. Sure. Yeah, the middle of the season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, one other thing I like to mention, when I sold this car, um, the, I, Hemi the, car. the Hemi car, it had a broken chassis. So the gentleman that bought it was Norm Carson, a uh, good man from Canada. And I told him that it had a, a failed chassis. And I said, it had, and we had new rules now. This car would not comply, but it, would be, it could take advantage of those rules. If you would allow me to take it over there, I'll have him do it, whatever you want but it'll, it'll be a faster car than it was. Mm -hmm. He said, wow, great. Because so, it'll be stiffer. Because it'll be stiffer. Right. Yeah. And so still two super stock springs and a snubber, 002, 003. Yeah, those are fantastic traction cars. Yeah. And so anyway, he, uh, we got that all done. I took the car, put a fresh motor in it. I took the car to um, uh, the Gator Nationals. That's where he's going to pick it up. Okay. And we had a little race, a test uh, race there or a test session um, at Bradenton. Mm -hmm. And at Bradenton, uh, there was a gentleman there by the name of Rick Metz. And Rick Metz had just bought a new car and wanted to come out there and come to the test. And he had bought Soupy Sales Pro Stock Duster. During the test, he lost control of the car. The car hit the guardrail, knocked the fuel pumps off, which were hanging below the quarter panel, swished fuel all around the car, came to a stop on fire. Yeah. We all rode down there, and we watched him burn to death. Oh, boy. Wow. He was trying to get out of the car. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Mm. And so it made such an impression on me that I went back to California, walked into NHRA, and I asked Bill Dismute if he would allow me 
or work with me, I'd like to see a fuel cell put in the super stockers. Mm -hmm. No stock or super stock ever had one before. He said, Paul, and I explained to him why. He said, I said, listen, we're all sitting there full of fuel to the, to the gizzle. Mm -hmm. and, and I said, we're all using it for weight because that's the way the rules are written. I said, that's, that's a lot of extra fuel and a lot of energy around that could be explosive. But let's put it in fuel cells. Yeah. What, what, what would be the complaint? He goes, good idea. I'll help you with it. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. So that was the first car to ever have a fuel cell in stock or super stock. Was your, was your super stock car? Was my super stock car. Yeah, yeah. The 440 car. So not only did it have the new cage rules, it, it, that's Rossi rule number one. Rossi rule number two is the fuel cell. Right. Ah, so cool. there gets to be a little, there's a little catch. But, okay. yes, you told me this story. That's, there's a little however. A, which, is, which is how the communicate, you know, cell phones would have been handy. Yeah. Oh, it would have been terrific. So we get it all done, and I'm all excited. I get the thing on a trailer, and I got a brand new Dodge truck that they've loaned me for the year, and I hook it all up, and I'm going to San Air. That's 4,000 miles yeah. in California. Yeah. One way. So I get there, and um, I pull in, and I'm all excited. I'm showing off my brand-new Superstocker. I mean, I couldn't be more excited. Ron Butler built it. I mean, the car is a piece of work, of art. Yeah. And so, uh, and some magic. So anyway, um, they're looking at the car. They open the hood. Oh, wow, nice, nice, beautiful inside, everything. Go to the back. Oh, let's look in trunk. Okay, pick it up. What's this? That's a fuel cell. You can't have a fuel cell in Superstock. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, I've been working with Bill. I said, well, just, just get a hold of Bill. And he Call said, him. he's not here. He's not here? <laughs> Where is he? He's, well, he's in California. He doesn't usually come to the Canadian races. I said, so we can call him. Yeah. Okay, well, call him, and it'll all be fine. Couldn't get him on the phone. Couldn't get him on the phone. Oh, so there I am, turned around, 4,000 miles all the way back. Oh. Didn't race the Horrible. car. Horrible. Horrible. So the whole yeah, weekend you couldn't get a hold of him? No. Oh, man. And so, uh, of course, when I called Bill, I said, hi, Bill. I said, hi. And then I told him what started. Oh, my God. I uh, really forgot. I'm so sorry. I said, you owe me one. <laughs> I will collect I'll that. I'll send the fuel bill <laughs> for my tow truck. I, I need a weight break on the <laughs> no, next No, no, no. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll collect that later. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So uh, exactly. I don't know if I ever did. Bracket but, deal. And, uh, but, uh, so the 440 car became fairly successful, though, correct? The car, the, it became more successful, honest to God, than my wildest dreams. Right. Yeah. Because but, I was one of the only people. I mean, I looked at this package as I'm not going to turn it into a Chevy. Everybody was trying to get some more RPMs, but the head was awful. Mm. It was an awful head. It was made for torque, high speed, mm -hmm. low velocity, I mean, high velocity, you know, low small RPM. ports. Yeah, right, right. low RPM, lots of torque, motorhome engine, mm -hmm. station sure. wagon engine. Right, perfect okay. for that, yeah. So what I decided to do is to build as much torque out of that RPM van as I could. Sure. And I got it to the point where I could not hook it up. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So then... Yeah. Just like with a stick shift car, if you hold the throttle down, you've got it neutral, and you let out the clutch as you as you hit the as you hit the throttle and go, it launches you. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, the lower RPM you can get the engine to run until the flash point mm -hmm. of the converter, the converter. That's your letting the clutch out mm -hmm. space. Right. So the more you've got there, the harder it'll hit. Yes. So it shocks the tires. Right. With a trans brake, it doesn't do that. You can rev the engine up to a certain RPM or torque, and with the trans brake, it's just like, oh. Yeah. With this one, it's bam. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that, and that, together with the six barrel. 
mm-hmm. which was 500 CFM, 500 CFM, 350 in the center. In the center. 355. And so when you, when you hit the throttle in a six-pack Chrysler setup, you only have control over the center carburetor. There's uh-huh. no linkage to the N2 except to shut them off. Right. Okay. They're done by vacuum. Vacuum. It's demand vacuum, only. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. So I kept those shut as long as I possibly could so that I had 355 with the 60 over, 3.475, 375 bore size and stroke. Uh, and so I had 300, 452 inches pulling through 355 CFM. Mm-hmm. And this airspeed through there was enormous. Oh, boy, yeah. And you could hardly keep it from boosting over. And that, when you hit the throttle, it just yeah. slammed you. Yeah. And it would carry that front end almost all the way through first gear. Which that was, car yeah, never, yeah. ever the, fell down one time. The right. photographers loved you because right. you could wheel stand every single time. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I never, I had no real connection with that right. until after years later. Yeah. Your early marketing. That's right. Yeah, well, tell you how much power it's right. got. So this is an enormous Well, I'm having a great car. time racing the car, sure, so yeah. I'm just having lo- lots of fun. But I didn't realize the impact. I mean, if anything has to be said about this whole program, is that car was that car is iconic. Mm-hmm. Yep, that car sure. had a, a a world presence, even in Europe, because when I put it up for sale. Within hours, a European magazine bought that car. Yeah, and they let the, they they worked a deal out with a, a lady uh, lady driver, very good, uh, actually Sylvia Hauser, and she r- campaigned it with her husband Jeff, and then it went somewhere else, and now it's in Sweden. Right, it's in Sweden now. Forty two wow. years nice. later, I don't know what's left of it, but yeah. it's yeah. in there and it's painted up. Very pretty cool. similar to the nice. to the colors that the the right. uh, livery that I had. Yeah, but you wow. were, you were working for Direct Connection at that time. I was. Too. Okay, yeah. and. To describe what Direct Connection is, it was basically a program of Mopar parts, especially performance parts that were available to any consumer, correct? I mean, That's correct. And yeah. we also had, uh, I think our ace in the hole was we had this Bible, as we called it. It was a phone the book size thick manual. The manual. Yeah. Every, every package, uh, every engine package, even including the six-cylinder, every racing format, yep. uh, Pikes Peak, uh, road racing, drag racing, Anything right. you can it think was of a was a blueprint for building race cars. Yes. It was. It Larry Shepard wrote it, right? The ma- majority of it was right. written by Larry Shepard. Uh, the majority of it was maybe written by him, but the, all the development work was Bob Tarosi. Right, okay. exactly. So yeah. all the development came yeah. from right. the team and probably th- a little bit through Ram And Chargers that's one and, of the things that, that as all, you'll see, yeah. if you can notice here in this, you see all of the articles I ever did for with you guys mm-hmm. back in the day was mostly how-to. Yeah. Good, better, right. best, you right. know, right. because I'm there selling parts. Sure, exactly. Yeah, yeah. my guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and so I and they and I asked me, well, Paul, uh, is that really what you do? And I said, yeah, exactly. Well, how can you tell people that when you're out there racing? What are they gonna? I said, because I'm three months ahead of that. Yeah, because yeah. by the thing, it, you three don't have it takes the to get latest out. little. Yeah, tricks. exactly. You, we give you the ones we're on the something else. We're on the something Well, else first now. of yeah. all, you're going to give them all the stuff that'll keep it alive. Yeah, right. right? Sure. And then once you keep it alive, then you can start stepping it up. But yeah, you're already two or three or four development yeah. steps yep. ahead of them. And, yeah. so, and basically, you want to you want to give people the right scoop. Right. Sure. Oh, now yeah. there's some stuff you we could have done then that would have made the car even more sensational, but it would have taken it right out of the ream of possibilities for anybody else to get there right because people would say well i did exactly what you said and i'm only doing this well i would ask him what let's go through it and we go all the way through it he's no i did it exactly like i said i get the camshaft sigerson yeah i said well that's a good camshaft but i don't think that's the one i 
recommend right. it. Not mine. We used yeah. to, you, you probably got this. I used to get this all the time. So we would do an engine story with the magazine and, and we would say, do it this way. And then we'd be out the track, you know, a year later or six months later, whatever it was, and this kid would come up and say, I built that motor. Yeah. Yeah. He said, yeah, yeah. It, it's your engine. You know, it's, it's your, right. I mean, one guy actually came up to me, he says, it's your engine. It's my engine? Well, it's the magazine engine. Right. Oh, okay. And you cool. start talking to him. And he says, well, did you use this cam? Well, no, we use this other thing. Did right. you use these heads? No, we use this other thing. <laughs> did you use anything that we did right. in the story? No, not really. But That's it was right. the same displacement. Same kind of thing. So right. they, they all think that they know Yes. One thing that you don't know, and Correct. that that's what's going to make them the hero. And, and well, I, I had an answer for that. I said, so you have a, another camshaft other than the one I recommended, which was a two eighty six five hundred on a one hundred eight, hmm. which is seven fifty lift. That's a lot of that's a, that's lot, a lot of, of lift. lift. Okay. Three quarters of an inch. And yeah. they said, I said, well, why did you pick that one? He said, it was on sale. Yeah, so, oh, of course. There you go. Well, I that's, said, no, well, that's another worth of a tenth, right? Yeah. So the I said, budget well, budget does that. So. You're, yeah. you're asking me why your car doesn't run as well. I said, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go and buy the camshaft that I recommended in the article, and you put it in there, and if it slows your car down, you send me your other cam that you bought on sale. I'll try it. Mm -hmm. See if it's yeah. better than mine. Sure, no one because, ever called uh, me back. No, no, of course not. <laughs> but in a way, that's perfect because he's also doing R and D for it. You, too. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> And you got a whole crap load of cigarettes and I mean, cams. I, I'll, be, I'll be honest. Uh, when I was a you know, wet-nosed staff writer for Carcraft Magazine, lived and died by those, by those manuals. Yeah. Because all I did was take it one step beyond and say, well, I'm reading this generically. You know, and like, you know, people un don't understand. That was a straight skinny. Oh, it was. It really so was. you could that build a, a race skinny. car from these yep. books. And yep. the only difference was if you're building a Chevrolet. Now, there were certain things like the Chrysler's always enjoyed the where they put the the on your on your springs, the Chrysler cheated the axle forward on the springs. That always oh. always made them better. That was why the Mopars were a, well. A, they didn't cheat it. They moved it. They moved it from the factory. Yes. You did. You guys didn't do that. The factory did that. It yeah. instantly made the front half Those of the springs trophy stiffer. Tips. Yeah, that's yeah, so all you <laughs> needed. You didn't need traction bars. All you needed was a snubber. Yeah. yeah, because that and it made it work. And it took me years to figure out wh why can the Chrysler guys get away with that, and I can't do that with my '57 Chevy or your Chevelle. And then, well, Chevelle's had coil springs. So that's it didn't true. That, that but didn't work but um, anyway. yeah. you know, and and technically, so you're trying to. It's like I don't understand this. Why are they so much better? Or why when they would leave, they would have space, right? They would, you know, what, what did um, Alston Brothers call it? Percentage arise percentage rise which was essentially mm -hmm. it was it was where the yeah, where right. the where the instant center was and and all the spring cars would squat and the chrysler's all go Lift like up. this yeah. and plant yeah. the rear end on the ground and you would you'd be flying out of the hole right. and it was like how are they doing that and it took years to figure that out yeah you know, bob Terosi uh, developed me. those springs right? yeah yeah the yeah. 002 and 003 they were in a they, they, they call them the super stock springs well they're they? a they're a body springs a -body so springs. i had a body springs in my e-body mm-hmm yeah, and I'm, okay. my car that I'm building now, yeah. the replica, it's not a replica, the number two car uh -huh. uh, is, is going to be built to 1976 NHRA rules. Spectre. So okay. I'm building that same exact car again, uh -huh. and it will have the 002, 003 Because it sounds, it doesn't really sound all that impactful, but think about running nines yeah. with leaf springs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, without a traction bar, it's just crazy. a snubber. You know, and it's like. Th that's not as easy as it sounds. No. Yeah, it was yeah, a, it was a really good. And you know what? It's economical. Sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. I By was far. all about getting people out to the track on the least. The thing I loved about the 440, you could go to a, a junkyard, get a motorhome engine, mm -hmm. 
right. 413, 440 right. for $200. Take yeah. it out. you got a steel crank in it. Yep. Put some lightweight pistons, pistons in, in it. it. Yep. Yeah, the rods are plenty heavy enough because sure. you've taken all the weight out of the pistons. Right. right? So now so the job you, is a lot easier yeah, on the rod. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And so we actually, and then, and then um, Direct Connection was working on a better cylinder head. Mm-hmm. So they came out with a stage four cylinder head, and then they had a casting number, I think, 287 stage five, mm-hmm. and that came way late. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, um, and, and uh, we lost the B engine because... Yeah. Well, do you know why the, we lost the B engine? No. Oh. Um, we should define B engine meaning the low deck 383s. No, that's true. Yep. That would and, be right. And then the RBs right. were the raised deck motors. Correct. Well, the, the whole group. Right. The whole group. The whole group. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so B and RB. Better defi- definition than mine. Um, we lost the, the uh, big block uh, Chrysler engines because there was a mandate, my understanding is, that all medium duty trucks were to have ABS by a certain year okay. like a huh. 70s like 78 or 79 or 80 something like that uh-huh. and chrysler decided after they did the the uh the math that they didn't sell enough medium duty trucks d 500 600 700 800 mm-hmm. sure and the backbone of the motorhome industry which was the which was the the uh, their chassis their yeah. rv chassis yeah and they would close the whole thing down wow, wow. because they couldn't meet the mandate and it idea. wasn't worth it mm-hmm. didn't have any idea so yeah. that's what happened. Well, nice. One day after this, ironically enough, um, I'm in Detroit for whatever unknown reason, and I'm in the Trenton engine plant, and I see these piles of B-engine cylinder heads. And I did what I was doing. I came back. I said, excuse me, uh, what are they going to do with all these heads now that the engines are gone? He said, we're going to melt them down. Scrap them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I that went, happens a lot Really? In and yeah. they said, yeah. I said, oh, wow. So I ran over to Direct Connection. I sat down with Larry Shepard, and I think Mark, Mark maybe was there. Um, anyway, I presented to them the idea of getting these cylinder heads. Let's get them in. Mm-hmm. We can get them for Nothing. maybe a paper shuffle. Yeah, you know, yeah, or, sure. or, or at least a dollar pennies, or whatever it is. Let's get them the to the racers for yeah. forty-nine bucks a piece. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, get them out there. And you've got all these one eighty-one, two fourteen valves. Mm-hmm. You haven't even got a head to put them in. <laughs> right. <laughs> And he said, well, well, why would somebody want stock heads? I said, because if you just get a head off the, that's, that's had all these duty cycles, you got to go in and rebuild the guides, do all that. It might have two, three hundred dollars just getting them back to normal, and they right. could be broke. Yeah. Right. Duty cycle, get yeah, be sure. cracked, of course. Okay. Absolutely. And so I said, they get a fresh set of heads, and then we can use them on our blocks and all this stuff. Well, okay, we'll think about it. I said, okay. So <laughs> three, four days later, nobody called. I called and said, well, what do you think, guys? Not so much. Hmm. Really? Whoa. No. Wow. Jeez. So they let really, him go? I was heartbroken, really. They let yeah. him go? Yeah. They had no. went to scrap? I uh, stopped it. I figured. <laughs> no. He's got I'm a Italian. Bunch of paperweights. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor of ours. This is InTheGarageMedia.com. Some friends of ours that were in the print magazine business before and now started their own books. We got All Chevy Performance, Classic Truck Performance, and Modern Rotting. Yeah, these are awesome books. They've got uh, lots of uh, educational and entertainment things in them, and they're even good enough quality to include Steve Strope quality maybe, vehicles. Maybe. Uh, he's we'll working see if up I'm to allowed it. in there. Right. I don't know. So in the garage media, in the garage media.com. Check them out. Check them out. Get your subscription, sit and read it. And with ARP, it's not just a lot of intake manifolds, uh, studs for heads, right. but they also have a 
humongous selection of American and metric that we use all throughout the car, even large bolts that we use on the suspension components because you want that same strength, that same durability and reliability Plus the beautiful looks. And the and, stuff outside the catalog. Right. They have a special order program where if you're if you're a builder and you need some special stuff made, they can do that for you. So it's an amazing, amazing company to work with. So check them out at ARP-bolts.com or check out their catalog. You'll find everything you're looking for. I, I don't I don't I'm yeah. Italian, but I don't have any voting rights. Anyway, <laughs> I um Hey, I got a question for you. Yeah. Well, we're going through all this stuff. So you're building another one of these wonderful super stockers. The number two the number of two, that car. The number right. two. So direct connection went away like 84? 84. So 84. Yeah, that's my recollection. So yeah. And that so book, the Bible, got yeah. busted up in a bunch of little books. Yes. Yeah. I remember. So the I remember Mopar performance was a little different animal. They wanted right. to look at it differently, and I didn't know if it was good or better, but they were right. going a different way. Mm-hmm. Right. So the rumor is direct connection is coming back. Correct. It is. Okay. It is back. Yeah. Is that yeah. what this it is? is gonna, back. Yeah. Is this going to be part of the promotion that's going on here? Are you going to be? Oh, I can't this say that. Uh, okay. The only thing I can tell you is that um, they're working on the new stuff now, and if you go on. Um, dcperformance.com or Dodge Garage, it'll give you all the latest stuff. Okay. And so um, I think that uh, that's the best place to go. And I believe that the main thrust now is to get the car that they're wor- the, our new Dodge from 08 to, to now mm-hmm. into the drag pack. That would be the ultimate. Okay. It, and steps and kits to get to that point. And now they have this set of dealers, which is 100 Dodge dealers, which will be the only ones selling direct connection. Oh, okay. okay. They'll be, um, right. and, and that whole program is going to be indemnified with a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. Wow. wow. So anything that you buy on your new car will be warranted. Oh, okay. Nice. Through, through direct connection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. This so, will be for like five, seven, six, one, six twos, yep, yep. six yep. fours, and they've got uh, they've got various kits and upgrades and packages to go with that. Right. Okay. Right. Very cool. And Very that, cool. that's the power broker dealers that's, program. Man, that's those, there's a hundred. Those of motors them. are killer. Nice. Yeah. The Hemi's yeah. well, are just yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great news. And so news. I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping on my side that uh, we're going to go back and do the retro and the classic stuff uh-huh. nice. and eventually go back yeah, to the yeah. stuff that yeah. they yeah. used after to after they get this yeah. cleaned up because right. i think they've got a gun to their head right. uh, because they're going to they they claim they're going to cut the challenger off in a, in a couple of years yeah. so i think they want to make sure that believe. they well, use every minute sure absolutely every minute they can to put yeah. that performance well, flag out there because the it's wall. doing well right. on, the, on the wall that like, you know, I'm sure it is at Chrysler I know that my friends at GM all tell me that there is no internal combustion engine research being done I think Mitsubishi has actually said that yeah. stated that flatly and uh, Ford I just saw a news flash somewhere where they, I think they're doing it the right way what they're doing is they're saying well we have the Ford E Ford, which is the electric side, right. but we're going to do green Ford. Yes, and there's that's two different divisions. Two yeah. different divisions within different the divisions. within yes. the umbrella of Ford Correct. Motor yeah. Company. I like the idea of the green of internal Ford. Yeah. of yeah. internal combustion stuff right. because, quite frankly, it, it, and and it's so weird that I don't know why it is that humans think in terms of either or. Yeah. There's Absolute. nothing wrong with yeah. both, right. right? If you want an electric car, we're going to build you one, yeah. but we're still going to do this other stuff and. Right. And so much of it, you know, I, I have a slightly different perspective now because I've moved from, you know, 
Even though we're on a secret location. That's right. <laughs> I, we can say that it's Second on the story west. over yeah. the vacant lot. Yes, That's on it. the west coast. I don't live here anymore. I live right. in Iowa. Yes. Oh, and yeah. and uh, my peeps now yeah. are, are a bunch of old farmers. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, it's it's hysterical. It's so funny. And I, I brought up... We have Do they little, know who you are? They, Do they come over and get an autograph? No, no. no, they, no, no, really, no. <laughs> they just think I'm this crazy California there guy that go. moved to Iowa. There and they still don't understand why. But you were an Iowa before? I was an Iowa before, yes. Exactly. So, exactly. but anyway, it's are just you a, from there? Yeah, yes. originally. Originally, yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents actually grew up in a small town called Boone. I live, I live about ninety miles south of that. But oh, wow. um, yeah. that's midwestern yeah. values. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. me too. Yeah. Michigan. My yeah. my grandmother. Uh, uh, this is uh, this, you can you can just encapsulate this whole thing in one little little. Uh, what would this be? This would be like a couplet. Okay. And this was up on my grandmother's wall. It was called the Pioneer's Credo. Use it up, wear it out, make it do, or do without. And that Whoa, was on my grandmother's wall. Right there. I, took I took a picture That's a good of it. strategy. And Absolutely. it is. It's called the Pioneer's Credo. Because they, see, they grew up through the, the Depression where you didn't right. throw anything no. away because everything Absolutely. had value. You know, so their basement was full. They weren't hoarders, right. but they just, they, because, right. you know, and they, they had their own garden. Anyway, so it's, right. a, it's a different perspective it's altogether. Exactly. And electric cars in the Midwest... It's yeah. a joke, really. Yeah. It really is. I understand. Um, you know, and they laugh at it. You know, right. it's like it's not even begin to be practical. Because right. imagine trying to trying to trying to disc or combine yeah. 250 acres with an electric tractor. Long extension cord. Yes. That's yeah. Right. It's just not practical. Hey. And so they just don't think in terms of this. They think in terms of urban. Yes. But the majority of this country is not urban. It no. really isn't. No. The, no. the population densities are there, but the reality is. Where do you get your food from? You don't get it from, you get it from the grocery store. Where did it come from? You got to think about that too. So it's kind of an interesting somewhere. perspective. Somewhere yeah. from the ground. Yeah. So hey, hey, I got a question. Beyond just yeah. V8 stuff, we yes. should talk about. His, his, you know what I was going to talk about? Yeah. The Go ahead. We, you mentioned Ford. Yeah. And oh. I thought, here's I a gentleman a, who we've talked about. We've talked about, we've talked about Chrysler, which I love. I've had plenty of Chryslers. Uh, but. The oddball deal is that you worked with the Ford folks on a very significant Mustang, the the, the Mustang Cobra R. I did, yeah, and that the, was uh, all you, correct? You worked with who'd you work with? Who was uh, it was working with? SVT. Were you working with Iacocca? Special vehicles. No, Iacocca was earlier. That's right. That's that was no, in the no. early. No, um, I um, I got called down to do a program that um, was sitting in a warehouse at Jack Rouse's facility, and the the uh, kind of the flavor of the motorsport department was don't do anything with it. Maybe they'll forget it. <laughs> and so there were some really um, brilliant people at Ford. One of them was Bruce Cameron, one of the smartest guys I ever met, chief engineer of the whole company, uh, a very good uh, uh, leader, um, Neil Ressler, <clears throat> vice president. And, uh, their group of engineers, and they wanted to make a car, their car, they wanted to go out and race their car against all the IMSA, you know, endurance cars, because mm -hmm. they thought that they had built a pretty good car, and they wanted to put it into battle. Mm -hmm. yeah. But they yeah. didn't have a car yeah. that was ready to go, kind of sort right. of. Right, right. So they asked Jack, if he, my understanding is, to, to develop this car, and so he got a Fox body, put a cage in it, and the engine base was a 302 with um, GT40 heads. Okay. Okay. Right. Nice. And so um, that was the base car. So nothing got done on the car. And fast forward to this point where 
they're they've had enough and they want to take it out of there and get it somewhere else. We want to get this project moving. Okay, we really believe in it. So um, they had a big meeting, and one of the gentlemen there, who I went to college with, recommended that he he said, "Well, this guy is winning more races in the endurance series than anyone. It's the other badge, but um, this meeting you." We're talking about you. We're talking about me. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Is this you're, you're an endurance racer yeah. as well. Yeah. You yeah. I, Pikes Peak, I, I, Hill Climb, yes. IMSA. Yes. Yes. So right. I'm in the IMSA series at this point. Um, and uh, so they said, okay, well, let's get him in here. So I had an interview with Bruce Cameron. Um, and after the interview, he said, okay. He said, um, I'll uh, give you the project. And Bruce was, like I said, I think one of the smartest men I ever met. And, and uh, he was the chief engineer. And so he told me to pick up the thing, get him a budget, and I did, and he accepted it. And um, he said, okay, come on in, pick up the car, and we want to have a meeting with all the people involved. So uh, I said, all right. And uh, we had this meeting, and we were going over the, where they, where they hoped, what they hoped to achieve with this car. And I said, yeah, that's in line with what I think or what I understand, and that's what I'll be developing. And I said, well, they said, do you have any questions? I said, I do, just one. I said, I've been out there a long time in the IMSA se series, and I don't see your car in the winter circle very often. I said, but when I do see them, they're usually coming in the pits hurling steam. <laughs> I said, is there anything, is there anything that uh, you guys, uh, you know, you have a cooling problem or anything like that, or is it just bad teams? Oh, no. We don't, and, and Mr. Cameron asked, the, no, 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 we don't know anything. Okay, fine. Picked up the car, went down. Uh, Bob Chirosi designed all the sway bars, and we had some new shocks that we were trying, and we were going to do the suspension. That was our first deal. Right. This so is the last of the Fox bodies, correct? Fox right. bodies, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, right. 93, okay. last right. of the Fox bodies. Right. So uh, I, my, my uh, technical driver was Rob Wilson from London, England, flew him in, rented the track, Willow Springs, all day, all by myself. And uh, so we go out, get the car out, it makes two laps, and it starts overheating. <laughs> I said, well... Rob, come on in. I'm, I must have did something wrong. I, I personally checked it over, and I must have blew it somewhere. So I'm looking all around. I can't find anything. I top everything off, just, yeah. you know, check the oil again, put a little more oil, a little more, you know, whatever, and check the belts, and nothing seems to be wrong. Okay, well, go out. Maybe, I, my, maybe it's just an air pocket. Right. He goes out, two more laps, same story. Same story. Come back in, and now I'm fighting, <laughs> and I call my SVT guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to him about it, and he doesn't have any idea what I'm talking about, why it's overheating. Wow. And I said, wow. I said, uh, I don't know. I said, so I, I said, I have, a do I have a question. You have a oil cooler on the car, and the oil cooler is, a, is one of these little stacks on top of the oil filter underneath it. And it goes from engine oil to radiator water, and you're putting the BTUs from the engine oil back in the radiator. It's over, already overtaxed. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that, and we will change that. Yeah. But I don't know why it's not doing it. So through a series of things, wicker bills, you know, tape this, check that, da, 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 we came up with nothing. Finally, I called uh, Bruce Cameron, the chief engineer, at the end of the day, and I said, I'm, I'm at wit's end. This car is overheating. You are not getting rid of the BTUs in it. I'm convinced. I've looked everywhere. Mm -hmm. Unless there's something, something in this engine, which I do not believe, I said, this is under, under uh, capacity for cooling. Yeah. Wow. He said, all right, come on in here. So this is really interesting. So I fly into Detroit again. We sit back with the same about a group of people around and some ad agency guys in the end. And he says, uh, how, how can this be? And we're discussing what's happening. And then Cameron says, well, listen, what do we do on the, on the you know, ride and drive days when we're car of the, you know, we're motor trend car of the year and everything. The little guy in the back said, 
well, we don't let the magazine guys go more than two laps. <laughs> what? We don't let them go more than two laps. Because said, we know it's going to afford Mr. Rossi, would you go leave the room? <laughs> and the walls are shaking, you know. And then he comes, he says, come, up, come down to the office. I go down there. He said, we got to do a whole, put this on hold. We got to do a complete uh, top to bottom uh, cooling throg. And so fast forward, um, you guys are brilliant. The Ford guys, our engineers are brilliant. And they, uh, they came up with a 1970s Lincoln Continental Radiator from a diesel. <laughs> That was the radiator when a car and I had an Eagle Talon um, oil to air cooler on it, and that did it. That that solved the problem. That solved the problem. So the radiator yeah. was just under capacity. Correct. Yeah, and yeah. it a been lot, for all these a lot under capacity. Yeah, yeah. not right. even yeah. close. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So and then so we're out doing the, the the deal, and then now we're now we're actually working on the on the uh, suspension, and and uh, Rob's there, and we're on at another day now that all this is sorted out, and we got about half day in. And all of a sudden, he said, Paul, he said, I'm sorry. He said, but we've lost oil pressure. I think we've lost the motor. Oh, no. So we get the thing, tow it back in, pull the distributor out. Sure enough, they're oil pump shaft. Call mm. in. Motors, shaft. motors failed. Yeah. Not my engine. Uh, you yeah. know. I don't know. And so he said, okay, do a field strip. And I said, you got it. So I go over there. And I take everything apart. And uh, on the GT40 heads, on the exhaust side, they had a short... Uh, spring and a rotator. And an exhaust rotator. Yeah, yes. exhaust rotator, yes. like for durability. The, right? the setup's yeah. completely different intake to exhaust valve. Correct. Yeah. Now we're yeah. gonna we're going to go we're going on for durability for like a hundred thousand miles, but it won't go. But uh, you've got this giant rotator sitting on top of that exhaust. Very valve. heavy and a short spring. And a short which spring. is really being taxed. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it broke the little tip off of the spring tang and went down through the head, down through the block, into the oil pan. And he said, okay. And I said, then it went through the oil pickup into the oil and jammed the gears. And then, yeah, and then broke the shaft. And that was all she wrote. Okay, he said, I have two questions. He said, what are they? And I said, well, Bruce, um, why do you have valve rotators on a racing engine? Why don't you use the intake side on the exhaust? It'll be cheaper, lighter, and yeah. the best way around it. Right, right, right. He goes, I can't answer that question. What's the other question? <laughs> How does the piece of steel that falls through the head, down through the block, into the oil pan, go up to the oil pump and into the gears? Where's the screen? Yeah. It doesn't have a screen on it? <laughs> no, sir. Okay, come on in here. Oh, here we go. Again. Okay, I've seen this movie. So anyway, yeah. I fly into Detroit. Now I'm, I've go, I go get the um, Z28 spring package that Chevy uses. Mm -hmm. I use the little 340 TA thing, and I make a little kit, yeah. and I show them here's the... Here's the other team, yeah. what they got. Yeah. And so we got to be in this thing. Mm -hmm. So we get to the point where how come the rotators are on there? Well, the head of engines for all of Ford Motor Company is sitting there. He's saying, well, we sent the GT40 heads over and just said, change them out. Ugh. And didn't do, oh, they're, you know, like we didn't like go the next few steps. Steps and, yeah. and, and spec a, a yeah, retainer yeah, like, and right. a new kind of know what you were hoping right. to achieve here. Yeah. Right. So just, he just said, all right, he said, all right, I, I'm not happy, but I could see how that could happen. Yeah. Okay. And the next thing is, he said, what's your other point? He said, I said, how come there's no screen on the oil pickup? Roush did the engine. Is that something that he did specifically or? And then Cameron goes, well, he goes, well, um, I can answer that one, too, but you're not going to like it. <laughs> and he said, try me. Sounds like Ford he versus Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari. <laughs> so deal. he says, well, you know how all these people 
we have this big warranty, this big warranty claim where we're get hundreds of thousands of dollars in engines, lost engines because people don't change their oil. He goes, yeah. It clogs up the screen. And he goes, don't tell me. You took the screen yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Mr. Rossi, would you leave the room? <laughs> the walls are shaking. <laughs> so, I mean, th- you can't make awesome. this up. Yeah. You can't yeah, make this up. Yeah. That's right. Wow. Wow. Well, there's, so, oh. there's probably 300 more stories, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, at least. So, yeah. because we haven't talked right. at all about the IMSA stuff with no, the, with no, the, with the, the front wheel drive cars. We need to get them back. We need well, to get them we'll back. We'll have to get you to come right. back. That's right. right? Okay. Because well, that'd be great. Th- you were afraid what we're going to do for an hour? Yeah. Has it been that much? We've done an hour. Yes. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, that's what happens. To wrap up to this deal is, you know, all those Cobra R's are red. Okay. Except. Except one? Yeah. The story goes, it finishes up with, uh, it finishes up with, they called me uh, during the holiday break when, before they went to the SN95, they were building the last of the Fox bodies mm-hmm. and they were going to be the Cobra R's. Okay. So the last they called me up. Yeah. 250 of them. Yeah. 250 right. of them. And they meant to do 500. But they actually ran out of screens. Got out of no, no, no. That's good. That's good. That's a good one. I wish I'd have thought of that. Okay. Um, but they actually uh, got cold feet. I was called by the vice oh, president. They were and he said, Paul, yeah, he actually called me because we were meant to do 500. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't want this to be a reflection on you. He said, because we're really happy with the car, but we're only going to do 250. And he said, quite honestly, I've got cold feet. You know, because that's a lot of cars. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and, and fast forward, uh, fast re- retread, they had gone, when the project first started, before, when the car went to Roush, they went out and they sold all the Ford dealers on the fact that they're going to have a special Mustang, mm-hmm. a Cobra R, a special car. Right. You guys ought to get them. Don't, don't miss out. Mm-hmm. Right. So they went, oh, so they were ordering 10, 12, you know, and they were taking deposits on them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. now... They run these 250. Oh, he calls me up. He said, we're running the 250. He said, um, he said I said, um, and what are you You're putting the cabaret uh, frame rails in them? He said, yeah. So they put in the convertible Fox body frame rails in the up. Cobra R. That, right. was, that was special to that car only. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so um, he said, they're all going to be red. He said, but I have the option to give you, and it'll be your car, the first car, any color you want. I said, black. <laughs> so he made a black black one and that uh-huh. was the first one went down the semi because they need to adjust everything anyway right sure. right before right. they do all that yeah and so that's that's the story of the cobra right. they came out and here's there's a little bit more story because some of the dealers that had 10 or 11 of these things on order yeah. had deposits on them Ooh. and now these people want their special mustang that they paid for what's going on yeah. team yeah. Yeah. yeah and they yeah. go oh my god you know uh so they had to go back and get all the parts that they had back in the warehouse to, for crashes and oh, oh, oh shits, you know, excuse yeah, me, yeah. Right. Um, and to, to uh, save those here. parts. They built cars with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So wow. anyway, they went and built the last of the cars, and the one dealer that sold the most, they, he was really upset. He was a big Lincoln guy and, mm. you know, had a lot of, you know, a lot of horsepower. <clears throat> they gave him a new Lincoln and a bunch of stuff, and they had to calm him down. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> 
so so I want thank you, man. We we need to have we need to have Paul back, right? Yes, absolutely. Right? Well, because thank you. Be because fine. yeah, it would be a lot of fun. So yeah, we want to thank Express. ARP for sponsoring this whole thing. You know, we, we couldn't do this without them. And um, and uh, we'll have we'll have Paul back because well, thank we, you. there's a lot even of fun. I've never done anything like this, and yeah. it, it's a hoot. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. Everybody. So thanks everybody for watching, and uh, we'll keep throwing these things out to you.